right, everyone. Welcome back to the Cutlass Podcast. So like most leaders and managers, you work to improve the skills and attributes which improve your influence, effectiveness, and efficiency to make things better. But when's the last time you pause to reflect on how well you're being a good follower in your good leadership position or role? So from my experience, most discussions on leadership development and improvement focus on our own influence leading down. But face it, regardless of our roles or positions of influence, and as much as we would like to have complete autonomy or ownership, we all work for and are accountable to other people, bosses, business boards, business partners, and laws. In turn, we must be good followers and hone our skills leading up. Perhaps in your current position, you're more senior by age and experience than your current boss. Or find yourself in a position of working for a friend or close acquaintance, and you're struggling to embrace his or her vision. In situations like these, you must be able to check any feelings of resentment or frustration and work for rather than against them towards achieving their goals. So today, with me to discuss this and the attributes of a good follower is Mass Chief Laura Stout. Laura is the lead faculty advisor at the U.S. Navy Senior Enlisted Academy. She's a native of St. Petersburg, Florida, and enlisted in the Navy in September of 1997. She completed recruit training in Great Lakes, Illinois, and reported to the USS Oak Ridge as a mess manager specialist. Upon completion of that tour, she was later converted to the cryptological technician rating and has served in a variety of tours in that capacity. In April 2018, Ashley Stout reported to the Senior Enlisted Academy for duty as a faculty advisor, and then in 2020 of this year, she assumed the duties of the Senior Enlisted Academy lead of faculty advisor and senior enlisted leader. Master Chief Stout is a graduate of the Senior Enlisted Academy and is a qualified Master Training Specialist, Naval Air Crewman, Information Warfare Specialist, and Surface and Aviation Warfare Specialist. She has an Associate's of Arts degree in Spanish, and she's currently working her Bachelor's degree in Business Administration with a concentration in Organizational Leadership. Thanks again, Laura, for joining me today on the Cutlass Podcast. How's everything going? Hi, Paul. Good morning. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Good. So, um had some time to talk about uh, you know what we wanted to talk about ahead of time and this concept of followership came up. I sent you an article by uh, actually an Air Force colonel, right, Colonel Mellinger, that uh, during my first tour as a command mass chief, my commanding officer at the time uh, had given me that and uh, it always stuck with me and I thought it had a lot of good guides for followership. I think it take, it, it's important for leaders in any role to pause and think about how well they're following. So Let's start there with your uh, thoughts, basically, on the importance of followership. Does uh, the Senior Enlisted Academy cover this topic? And if so, what's the approach you use to uh, convey this concept of followership? That's a fantastic question. So for me, followership is a relationship between the leader and those that they lead. And I think that um, it's very fluid, and that concept can change given the the situation. At times, when you're influencing others to do something, you become the leader, when you yourself are being influenced by another individual, you're now the follower. So I, like I said, I feel like it's kind of a fluid relationship. We do, in fact, talk about this specific topic at the SEA. We have a management and leadership topic, and we ask, to be a great leader, do you have to be a great follower first? And I would say that that's absolutely true. Okay. You absolutely have to be a great follower to be a great leader. You know, General George Patton said it best, do everything you ask of those you command. If you haven't followed, how can you lead? Right? And that's just kind of my thought on followership. And it is definitely something important that we talk about here um, in our groups at the SEA. Yeah, and you found it uh, interesting that uh, Colonel recognized this importance of being a follower. Absolutely. When I read the article, I found his humility very refreshing. He didn't have the demeanor of, you know, I'm an officer. I'm the decision maker. This is how it's going to be. He very much talked about the ability to 
accept responsibility, be a risk taker, but to also do your homework, think critically, and be prepared to answer the questions that may come from the boss above you. And I, and I really appreciated that. All right, so let's dive into a little bit. He gives 10 rules. I don't want to go through them all because I'll put the article, the link to the article in the episode description so that the listeners can read through it in depth. And he supports each bullet a little more in depth, but I wanted your perspective. So, um, you know, things I wrote down, my top three to five, don't blame your boss for an unpopular decision. If you have to push back, do it, but do it in private and then never reveal what you were discussing. We talked about that on another edition of the Cutlass podcast about how to professionally push back taking initiative, right? So when a situation is there that you know the you've got uh, some influence to make, make the decision and then inform your boss, right? But balance between being, you know, a loose cannon and making good decisions and then doing your homework and then keeping your boss informed. So what were the top 3 that resonated with you and why was it for each of those? Again, another great question. To me, one of the first ones that resonated with me was accept responsibility whenever it's offered. Be a risk taker. I like to tell uh, my students be comfortable being uncomfortable. It seems as we ascend in rank, and this is just my personal opinion, and, and maybe as we get older, we're a little bit more fearful of taking those risks. We've, you know, experienced success. We have reputations. You know, we've um, accomplished a lot of things usually by this point. And so when the opportunity arises to take a risk, sometimes we are anchored to what we know and what's worked before. When presented with an opportunity of something that may be different, um, sometimes it can be challenging. So I really liked that. It, it resonated with me big time. Okay. And then fight with the boss whenever necessary, but do it in private and never reveal to others. I think that that's, that's a huge respect piece. I think anytime that you're a follower and you have a boss um, and vice versa, you have to have that respect. Once you destroy that respect, that sense of privacy, mm-hmm. you ruin the relationship. It's very, very tough to get it back. And then don't negate the needs and wants of our families. At our level, sometimes we forget that we're more than just a chief senior chief or master chief. We actually have our own thoughts, ideals, hobbies, right? We have to take care of mind, body, spirits. And sometimes we're so knee deep in the work that we forget about our families and we forget about ourselves. And so that one really resonated with me. In order to be a good follower, I have to take care of myself. Yeah, I have to take care of my family. And so those were the three that really, really stuck out to me. Okay. So, you know, we've been around as a while. We've risen up and, you know, we were mass chiefs and we've seen a lot, right? And we've done those roles and we've, Try to do them well and teach other people. So where, what are some of the reasons people fall short as a follower? Like I think of things like maybe they become complacent or maybe arrogance slips in or perhaps we disagree with the person that's in the current position. We can't resolve that. So from your personal experience, what's a time or situation where your followership skills were put to the test? You know, I had, I had a personal experience with a master chief that I was working for as a senior chief. And I had this expectation of master chiefs, right, where I thought that they should be responsive and I thought that they should be respectful. And I I just kind of had this standard set for master chiefs. And I don't know if it was from where I was initiated or prior experiences. And um, I had a personal situation that was going on to which I really needed some intervention. I needed some assistance. I needed some help. And the master chief was very judgmental, started to kind of circle the situation back on me. And I'll, I'll tell you, it made it difficult to work for that master chief for the next nine months. It made it very hard to support what they were putting out in, in the mission because I didn't feel like I, I could trust that individual, right? So that's when it made it very, very difficult to follow. Now, could I have tried to repair that relationship? I probably could have. But I think at the time I was just narrow-sighted and I didn't take the time to figure out how I could go back in and try to try to repair that myself. What's your advice? So one of the things, you know, not just 
command masters, but I think in general, you know, being Navy chief petty officers, there's an expectation. I think it's captured under active communication, quote unquote, where we do bring things. We're expected to advocate as that kind of key translator of communication up and down the chain. This concept of having to push back with your direct supervisor or boss is important. So what's your advice on how to do that? And uh, or why do you think people don't do that key followership role? The key phrase here is push back with respect, push back with facts, push back with information. Try to separate your personal and passionate beliefs from what the facts are, right? I think a lot of what we do as senior enlisted leaders, we're passionately attached to, but sometimes we have to make sure that what we're professionally advocating for has the backing of information and facts to really move the advocacy forward in the direction that it should go. Is this right for the mission? Is this right for the unit? Is this right for the organization? Not necessarily, is this right for myself or my chief's mess or, um, you know, this tiny little community? What is the overarching picture? And I think when we push back with respect, and I say that in the means of, you know, controlling our emotions as best as possible, going in with facts, presenting information, and actively listening. If we don't hear the other side and we're solely focused on our goal, it's going to be difficult to find that middle ground and to be successful in the position to which you're trying to advocate for. So again, you know, I just say push back with respect, push back with facts and information. Absolutely. And that gets to one of the other rules uh, Colonel Melinger brought up was doing your homework, right? So researching fully, giving your boss all the possible information to make a decision. I think we got to think about that too. Yeah, you might have personal experience, but in some cases where these decisions are being made, right, the goal is to make the best possible decision with as little negative income to the system or the process or to the people as possible. And people get caught up emotionally in that. Uh, they often don't have the bigger picture, right, That for the full decision. And and really, this is goes to your information power base, right? And I know you guys teach that up there, but you know, you got this information, don't get in a position as a follower where you don't necessarily agree with where, how the situation's playing out and you withhold that information, right? Now you're being manipulative and you're not doing the best thing with your information power base leading up to help your okay. boss make the best decision. So that would be my advice out of there is always think about helping your boss make the best decision as a follower, doing everything you can do to enable that. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, that's that support piece that I think is very important uh, as a leader, Right? Even as a follower, your job is to support. And that doesn't mean that you have to agree. You might disagree completely, but if the facts support that individual's position to which they're going to move forward, your job is to support. Right? Yeah. And, and I think that that sometimes becomes difficult when we are personally attached or when we feel disconnected from the decision that's being made. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough role to be a good follower. I'm telling you, I found several, and we teach people a lot of times in. Uh, Navy leadership circles, right? I, one of the key things I always remember hearing or, or teaching was, you know, when you deliver an order, you deliver that order as yours, as unpopular as, as it is. You don't blame the XO, right? There's a case study on, you know, damn exec where, you know, mm-hmm. the you know you pass an unpopular order down as someone else's, right? So you kind of, that's, that, that's not loyalty. That's not good leadership, right? It's, you're villainizing your leadership. And then, I think you're leading from a position of personally want to be liked at that point, not respected. And once again, it actually serves against your best interest and your intentions as a leader. Um, What's been your experience with that? Yeah, I think it's oftentimes for most individuals, it's that human condition to be accepted, right? 
and oftentimes it's very difficult, like I said, to kind of step aside and, and lead on your own um, and voice your own opinion when it's going to be different from the group because we fall into group think that way. And so for me, I think having that courage to say, this isn't popular, but I'm going to support the decision, right, as the follower so I can get those that I lead on board to do so in that sense. But it's it's definitely tough to stand alone. It's definitely tough to stand alone. Yep. But it's one of those important aspects of leadership. No one said leadership was always going to be easy yeah. <laughs> or there'd be more leaders in the world, right? Uh, absolutely. So finding that strength and that courage to to stand out there and take that decision on and lead with courage, right? And understand that it isn't always going to be accepted, but it's how you lead through it that's going to make the difference. Yeah, I love that. And I found myself, the higher you move up, it's more challenging. So when I was a command mass chief, you know, on my first tour, you know, I'm helping shape these decisions and I would watch the whole decision-making process, right? So it's not as people may think that, you know, the mass chief just doesn't run up there jumping down on the desk and like, this is what we need to do, sir. There's a lot of people, right? He's getting fed information from the chain of command, He's consulting the wardroom. Chief Mess gets a say. I get a say, right? And at the end of the day, that commanding officer is the person with the bigger picture to make the decision, right? And sometimes those decisions are hard and they have unpopular outcomes or difficult outcomes on the crew, right? So I found myself sometimes, even it creeped in on me, right? I verbalize things, right? Um, just because I was in the Chief Mess, now I'm the command mass chief, right? I don't get that right to just go in there anymore and kind of vent about stuff. And I got checked this was great backup by you know senior chiefs that were like, hey, Paul, come to the side. Hey, do you realize you're saying this and doing this, right? And kind of explain that to me. So that was good feedback. And that was a point where I wasn't being a good follower. And I learned a lot from that. And then the other thing I thought is this, uh, this concept of keeping your boss informed. Obviously, you know, this gets into a role, that, you know, not just as a command ashy, but as chief petty officer or, you know, deck plate leader, Telling those unpopular truths, right? But delivering them in the right way, right? Because people are not are are holding back information. The boss often doesn't get information they need, um, and there are other key players such as command mass chiefs and others that are in these positions to translate that critical information. And if you don't, no one usually is. So again, uh, it gets back to helping your boss make the best decision they can. What's been your experience uh, and your insights on keeping your boss informed? The Cutlass Podcast will return in a moment. For more than 100 years, naval professionals have counted on books such as the Chief Petty Officer's Guide to prepare them for the responsibilities as they advance in their careers and to serve as a ready reference and refresher when needed. The Chief Petty Officer's Guide provides unique insights into topics such as the one discussed in this podcast, which enable Navy chiefs and other leaders to achieve their objectives and positively influence their sailors, peers, and leadership. The Chief Petty Officer's Guide is essential and insightful reading for chiefs of any experience level first-class petty officers who aspire to advance to chief, or anyone looking to reflect on the state of their leadership and management skills while benefiting from insights on the leadership and management approaches of U.S. Navy chiefs. Get your copy today at www.usni.org backslash books or online at your bookstore of choice. Signed and inscribed copies can be ordered at www.cutlessleadership.com. Now back to the Cutlass Podcast. It's, it's the old adage, do not be the senior man with the secret. You know, yeah. There shouldn't be information that your boss doesn't know uh, about the unit or the command. There shouldn't be. Yes, you should be in the know um, as that senior enlisted leader and walking by and checking in on the crew and not only letting the boss know the negative, but also a lot of the positive. Sometimes, you know, we're so inundated with a lot of the negative that we forget to pop in and say, 
so-and-so just finished their bachelor's degree, yeah. right? So-and-so just qualified in, in this warfare area. We forget the positives and we focus on the negatives. So making that time every day to sit down with the boss and just have a genuine, natural conversation about what's going on within, not just, you know, the business aspect of what's going on in the daily happenings, but also the people aspect, the good, the bad, the negative, the happy, the sad, all of it. That, that's our job is to be in the know. That's our job to keep them in the know. They can't make those informed decisions without the information that we provide. Yeah, and I enjoyed a lot of autonomy as, you know, as a command mass chief and then a fleet mass chief, but I always had a point to, it was a personal way of self-accountability to make sure I was keeping my complacency and arrogance kind of, uh, or any risk to arrogance uh, in check. I had a routine of Friday updates, right? Hey boss. And sometimes it was just like nothing significant to report, but just checking in, how are things going? Or sometimes I'd find a cool article or a podcast and I'd be like, hey, good pulse today, but check out this article. I think it's relevant to this or that. So look for those opportunities too, I would say. to It's not just informing about people and process and how things are going, but they appreciate that information, right, in those articles. Um, and if you can add personal insights or maybe even get the time to follow on with a discussion on that, it will strengthen that relationship between you and your boss. And I think that's a good followership. So we talk about followership, but there's some attributes that we have to work on personally, right, that leaders and managers should work on to ensure they remain good followers. So I'm going to throw three of them out there and then get your thoughts on them. So number one, and we talk about this a lot in the cheese mess, what's this importance of humility as a follower? I find that to be very challenging for some of us sometimes. We have a scope of accountability and responsibility that can be very, very deep at times, right? And so maintaining that pulse and that connection to people, processes, in line with your responsibility will help keep you humble. I mean, I'm a master chief, right? But I still love to be led. I still love to encounter a chief, a senior chief, a mass chief, or even an officer who will inspire me to want to know more or to want to get underneath them for mentorship, guidance. And I'm, I'm not just talking military. I'm talking life in general. Yeah, right? I love that. So I think people want to be led. Yep. I think they absolutely do with that natural condition, but we're looking for that humility piece. I know for me, I'm looking for that humility piece, and I'm looking for that relatability piece. What is it that they have that makes me want more? Yeah. And that's that, you know, gets into personal power base and attributes of that too. But, you know, I got to see a variety of all kinds of leaders in the chief's mess, in the wardroom, senior flag officers, right? Chief, you know, I got to personally watch chief of naval operation, fleet commanders lead and engage teams of admirals and senior executives. I always love to see a good leader who led in a very decisive, firm way, but that balanced it with being able to have a team that was open. So I'm with you. I wanted to be led too. I wanted to be motivated. I wanted a reason to come up and follow someone that uh, made me want to get up and do something great for the organization. So uh, I'm with you on that. What about reliability? What's that with, uh, what are your thoughts on reliability with being a follower? To me, it's, it's huge. I'm going to follow someone I can rely on. I'm going to follow someone who says what they mean and means what they say. If they say and if they commit to deliver, right, as a follower, I'm looking for that delivery piece. If not, it starts to ruin or erode the credibility that that leader has. And when that credibility erodes, it's very difficult to stay on the followership track, in my opinion. But I'm definitely looking for someone that I can rely on. Um, Granted, the door's going to be closed sometimes. They're in a meeting, and they might not always be accessible, but... If I can rely on them, they say they're going to be somewhere. If they say they're going to do something, 
that's imperative for me as a follower. That definitely makes me want to continue on with that individual. And uh, sometimes you're going to have to come to them, right? Not just with news and stuff, but you need to, hey, I need to get things done and I need certain things. I need resources or I need your support to be able to rely on them is important, right? Because if you can't get those things to deliver what you need to do, it does get tough to be a good follower. And then reliability matters as a follower as well, right? You got to be reliable. So when you're, when you present, and, and this gets into one of Curlin Meilinger's points, right? About, hey, if you're going to present an idea or take initiative and, and make a recommendation, usually be prepared to fulfill that, right? You're usually going to take point on it from there. Don't just tee up a, a topic without feeling that, or your boss can't feel like he can rely on you to follow it through the end. And another one I think about is loyalty. I think loyalty is huge, right? The loyalty up, down, and across. What's your experience with loyalty as a follower? I've been in the Navy for 22 years. It's the profession of arms. I feel like loyalty is what we do. And if there's a leader who comes down to the deck plates or comes into the office and isn't loyal to the mission at hand and, and doesn't really clearly define their vision, I, I have trouble with that. I have a lot of, they seem wishy-washy to me what they're presenting doesn't seem genuine without loyalty. And, and I have a hard time with that. It might be the fact that I'm a little Irish, right? And yeah. so, you know, in my culture, we, you know, very loyal, loyal to the end. So to me, a leader who's loyal really inspires followers to want to hear more, right? And know that they will be there, that they're there to the end through the good, bad, the ugly, that loyalty piece is extremely important. It's not just to your boss, right? It's loyalty to your peers. So we discussed that in the cheese mess, right? This loyalty to each other, right? So if I come to you and I need help, I know you're there and I know there's some loyalty. Or if we discuss some sensitive matters about a sensitive issue you're trying to get guidance on, you know, there's loyalty that that's not going to be discussed outside the confines of that conversation. And then there's the loyalty down, right? So being loyal to the people that are below you is important too. But this loyalty can get tested, right? So it can't be blind either. There's going to be situations with your boss as a follower. Maybe they're doing something illegal or moral and unethical, right? And the first step is, again, try to address that. But if they don't get responsive, right, now you have to think about, okay, now my loyalty to my immediate boss is being tested and the impacts on the crew and, and the unit are severe. So now I have to almost shift my loyalty to the loyalty to organization or loyalty to broader core values, What's been your experience with that? Ever seen a situation or you ever been in one where you've had to shift your loyalty to protect organization over boss? You know, it's, it's one of those things where, again, blind loyalty, we talk about that during initiation. I think that's one of the most important aspects of conversations that we have with chief selects yeah. is that blind loyalty piece, not just to the chief smith, but to different types of subgroups, right? Either on the ship or in the command, what have you. And so loyalties can shift. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have to be blind loyalty. Sometimes that blind loyalty can be dangerous. Yes. And a lot of times pushing back with respect helps realign loyalties accordingly. Yes, um, it absolutely does. Yep. A lot of times I think I think about the scout when the entire cheese mess was relieved. Right. To me, there was a lot of blind loyalty there and not a whole lot of pushback. The loyalty was to the wrong place at that time, to the wrong people. Yep. Right. It wasn't to the ship. It wasn't to the mission. It wasn't to the organization. It was to a group of individuals that had gone rogue. And so to me, you know, you got to have that ability and that courage to, to push back respectfully, to realign loyalty where it needs to be according to who needs to benefit from it, right? Who it's right for. Yeah. And it's a good place to pause, right? One of the themes I often try to reinforce is, you know, this just isn't, we offer concepts, we, we offer some experience in these conversations, some advice, but 
the point is for people to take what we're talking about and really pause and reflect and go, okay, am I being humble in my relationship with my boss, right? Am I a reliable follower? Am I being loyal? And what if my loyalty was tested to that degree where I had to shift it? Could I handle that situation? And, and what would I do? Because you know, when you find yourself in these situations, it's too late. So just giving some thought to it ahead of time, I think is important. So, all right. Any last thoughts on this topic or any resources, books, kind of things you would suggest for the audience to learn more? You know, I, this, was a, this was a great conversation to have. And it definitely helps self-reflect, right? It definitely caused me to self-reflect a little bit and say, am I a good follower? Even when you sit in the position as a senior enlisted leader um, or you're leading your peers specifically, you know, when is the right time for me to follow with their experience level? And so I've appreciated the reflection that um, this conversation definitely allowed me to have, the article allowed me to have. And for me, taking the time to grow and develop as a person is extremely, extremely important. Um, I'm reading a book right now from the Harvard Law Review, and it's Power is Impact, talking about the different types of impact power can have um, and the different ways it's used. And so even as a follower, you have power. And so I think it's important to truly self-reflect in any pay grade, in any command, um, and at any time to make sure that you, you have that balance. No one's perfect. We're going to make mistakes, right? But that's part of that risk-taking. But I think being honest with yourself, really taking the time to, to diagnose yourself and where you're at as a person and as a leader is what's going to help you improve as a follower and as a leader. All right. Well, Laura, thanks again for spending some time with me. I think this was a great discussion. I know I got a lot out of it. So thanks for joining me on the Cutlass Podcast and good luck to you and your tour and your follow-on career. Well, thanks so much, Paul. I appreciate the conversation. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Cutlass Podcast. If you want to learn more about the topic we discussed today or in any other episodes, check out the Chief Petty Officer's Guide or any of the other resources listed in the episode description. To provide me feedback or suggest topics for future episodes, please email me at cutlassleadership at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the Cutlass Podcast on your favorite podcast channel, then like, share, and comment so you can help me get this content out and about. I'm Paul Kingsbury. Work hard to keep your leadership cutlass sharp. Reflect and improve and take what you learn to become a sturdy, versatile, incredible leader who makes a positive difference. Mm-hmm.